Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show. Coming up this week, Star Wars Land and Toy Story Land have been officially announced. More details on Avatar Land and Rivers of Light at Animal Kingdom, as well as a new nighttime experience on the Kilimanjaro Safaris, plus details on upcoming Disney films, including Toy Story 4, Finding Dory, and a live-action Jack and the Beanstalk. Is that right? Live-action? No, 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 animated. Animated, Animated, sorry. sorry. Animated Jack and the Beanstalk. It's all about D23 this week. Coming to you live from the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 844 for the week of August 18th, 2015. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show, coming to you live from the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Craig Williams. Hey, everyone. Rhino Clavin. Hello. Jenny Lynn Knopp. Hey, everybody. Corey Martin. I'm just happy to be here. And back in the production nook, our producer, Dustin West. Hello. Oh, I'm yellow. Hey. Yeah, you are. What's that about? I don't know. It's the jaundicing. Yeah, I've got jaundice. <laughs> uh, John and Kevin are actually... Oh, yeah, you got to light that light. Just <laughs> kind of it's so yellow. <laughs> um, John and Kevin are not here this week because they just got back last night from D23 and are leaving tomorrow morning for Ireland. So uh, we, we, we let them have the day. Um, and plus, John, I think, is coming down with something. So, yeah. Um, so, everybody wish John and Kevin a, a, a great uh, voyage on their ABD trip to Ireland. I can't wait to hear about that. Here, it's one of the uh, one of the better ones. I hear a lot of good things about that trip. So, John and Kevin are off to Ireland, uh, and of course, Dustin and I just got back from Nova Scotia. We were in Halifax for the uh, Nova Scotia Disney to raise money for Give Kids the World. This past weekend, and uh, very happy to say that they raised nearly ten thousand dollars for Give oh, Kids wow. the World. Yeah, awesome. they did a a great great job, and as always, plus it's just my favorite place to to visit. I think we had about thirty dizzers from the U.S. Um, up there, so it was oh, a awesome. nice nice showing. Uh, but due to s- some scheduling stuff for Evelyn and the team. Next year, there is not going to be a meet in Nova Scotia next summer. But actually, that kind of works out. And I have nothing solid yet to announce. But I will say this. You probably want to keep the week of July 22nd to the 29th open uh, of 2016. Because that will be the 10th anniversary of the Dis Unplugged. And I had alluded on a previous show that we wanted to do something special and uh, what I'm working on now is basically a mega meet for that week and uh, we are going to do it in conjunction with Give Kids the World who is celebrating their 30th anniversary next year and uh, we've, we were uh, batting around some great ideas over the weekend so we're working on the details we have nothing official to announce yet that date is very tentative but I want to start getting it out there now uh, it will be here in Orlando. It'll be a week-long event and festivities in the parks and all over. 
doing something. We're going to do something special at Give Kids the World Village, hopefully. So we've got a lot planned, but that's the tentative idea right now. And uh, doing a very special show on July 25th of 2016. That is the actual 10th anniversary of our of our. What was it again? July. Little show. July 25th was the first show. So just wanted to get that out there. Uh, we are not going to be doing a segment this week because this is going to be pretty much an elongated news show. We've got a lot to talk about with these guys coming back from uh, D23. And uh, I was trying my best to keep up with the updates and everything coming out. And before we get into anything, I need to give just huge props to my team. Uh, Everybody uh, on the dream side, John, Kevin, Tracy Heinrichs, uh, manning the booth there. I understand they were slammed Mm -hmm. uh, with a lot of people there. Of course, uh, our, our team here, uh, Rhino Craig, Jenny Lynn, Corey, uh, Michael Bowling, Tom Bell, Nancy Johnson, and Mary, uh, Mary Jo Mulatto Willie from the Disneyland team. Was Tony Spatel there? No, Tony wasn't here Tony, this weekend. Tony wasn't here this weekend. Um, and everybody just, uh, of course, uh, Will Perry, yes. um, our assistant webmaster, was out there as well. And everybody just did an amazing job. The amount of feedback I've been getting from the folks who were following along on YouTube this weekend about the great job these guys did certainly does me proud. But just watching what was coming out, watching the amount of information these guys were processing with very little time. There was not a lot of time to prep. There was not a lot of time to get things together. It was just coming fast and furious, and they did such an incredible, incredible job. I'm so proud of them. You guys did fantastic. Thank you. You guys did fantastic. And uh, actually, before we get into... Uh, all the juicy, juicy details. Rhino has put together a little overview video of the experience at D23 that we're going to play for you now. So here's that. Awesome. Thank you. Looked like a lot of fun. Yeah. And it was a lot of work, too, for you guys. You didn't have a chance to (laughs) experience uh, everything D23 had to offer. But it was, uh, let's just say, uh, a few game changers uh, came out of... D23 this year as I had predicted and I don't think it was a a, uh, uh, a long shot here uh, in predicting it Star Wars Land is now official that it will be coming to Hollywood Studios 14 acres making it the largest theme land expansion in the company's history uh, it's going to feature oh wait actually Corey had some things he wanted to mention well, I just wanted to give a, a plug and a shout out to uh, magicyourband.com who supplied our booth with tons of giveaways um, including keychains stickers magnets um, magic uh, band skins and also theme park connection if you watch the video and you see the uh, the Mickey Mouse chair we purchased that chair from their booth they brought it over and it now belongs to Michael Bowling. So, uh, but they are also bringing a lot of the stuff from our booth that was too heavy for us to ship or, um, or travel with. They're bringing it back to Orlando for us. So, themeparkconnection.com. Well, sorry, I also, I know you thanked all of us for all the hard work we did, but uh, I also, I mentioned it on our last show we did, but I have to mention the audience that was following along with us that entire way. Uh, 
you know, we got instant feedback from them every step of the way, and uh, it seemed like everyone loved it, and we were so happy to be there doing it for everyone. So everyone who did pay attention to what we do, thank you again for watching because uh, it's it's definitely a thrill getting to do that for everyone. So cool, and, and I just want to add on to Theme Park Connection that uh, the vast majority of stuff in the studio came from them. Um, we bought it from them; they didn't like give it to us, but um, <laughs> they really do. Uh, have they have some some of the really the coolest stuff and uh, so check them out it's themeparkconnection.com correct mm-hmm. themeparkconnection.com so alright let's get into the meat and potatoes here Star Wars Land 14 acres 14 acre expansion to Disney's uh, Hollywood Studios um, it's going to be a new planet basically yeah. um, uh, the name has one. but then they, they did not reveal the name of no. the no. well, because the movie hasn't been released. No, right. it's no, it's it's not in the movie. It's it's, it's going to be a unique <clears throat> planet that is exists within Star Wars canon, and everything that is in the planet or uh, yeah, in this area will be in canon to the movies and what you know, comic books, whatever. Which else too, which is brilliant because uh, like Wizarding World of Harry Potter has the problem that they have to go out of their way to say that the whole area is timeless to make sense why Dumbledore is still alive in one scene and then in a whole other place it's you know over a dragon challenge then Spoilers. it's a complete different part of the movie so with star wars instead they just make up their own new planet that's going to be inhabited by all these creatures that you're going to see in the other movies and yeah. it's all going to have a unique but still familiar feel to it and it's honestly the smartest way they could have done it yeah. uh, two new attractions uh will be coming as a part of this and uh Talk about a little bit about that and they, um, what they're what they're planning. Well, they didn't tell us the second one. They just said there were going to be two. Or did they later? They actually did. I guess in the heat of it, we really didn't pick up on it. But the first one, of course, is the Millennium Falcon uh, experience, yeah. where you're going to actually be able to take the controls of the Millennium Falcon. And uh, it's so obviously the first thing I think we're all thinking is flight simulator on the level of Star Tours, maybe star tours being given the axe especially over at disneyland if uh everything goes right with big thunder ranch being the area they put it they won't want to have star wars on one side and then a brand new uh star wars expansion do you think they're getting rid of star tours i think star tours is going to be overlaid into this millennium falcon experience interesting Mm. And then the other, uh, the ride, which we were kind of combining it with the Millennium Falcon one, is going to be the one where you are the First Order versus the Resistance. Oh, I thought, okay. That's going to be on the line with the new characters from The Force Awakens. So those are the two attractions. No idea how it's all going to pan out with that, of course, yet, because they didn't want to get into those uh, nitty-gritty details, but... The thing that I thought was really cool about this, too, the area they were saying is it's going to be inhabited. All the inhabitants of this world will be the ones who run the gift shops and the um, the attractions and whatever. So it's the first time at Disney that they're, they're, it's fully character development, like, all the way through, like, like the Wizarding World. Which, yeah, it's exactly. It's so their the cast response. members are going to be, like, in makeup and costume? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So it, they, they're not going to be, like, it's not going to be 
it's going to be like they're acting. Oh, they're going to yeah. enjoy that in the middle of July. So That's going to be wonderful. Well, yeah. like in, uh, in Wizarding World, the ca- the team members, they're all dressed up as students from Hogwarts. Right, but if these guys are going to be aliens, I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean do they paint, have to like yeah. go into makeup two hours before their shift? I mean, I, Well, I mean, I think it's just going to be, they're going to be in more themed costumes than they are before. Like, you walk yeah. into the end of Star Tours now, it's just pretty normal dressed Star Tours looking cast members, but I think their costumes are going to become much more elaborate like the Wizarding World of Harry Potter set that yeah, standard. Yeah, like residents of that planet. Exactly, and that's it's brilliant. One of the things I didn't want to see with a Star Wars land is just normal cast members who are a part of this whole thing. I wanted yeah. them to be immersed yeah. in this whole area. And, I mean, that's just how Hollywood Studios, they announced it. It's going from a park about the backstage of Hollywood, and now it's turning into a park based on immersion. And there was no no official announcement uh, on a name change for Hollywood Studios, but I think the speculation is Disney's Hollywood um, adventure, correct? I can't remember where it last left off on the rumor. That was the Honestly. last. That was the last part of the rumor that I'd heard. Yeah, Hollywood yeah. Adventure, but I enjoy the fact that they can, you know, not be in regular dress cast members or yeah. even, you know, well, to I take don't want to spend costumes. too much. I don't want to spend too, too much time in the minutia of what the <laughs> yeah. cast members are going to be wearing. That's <laughs> kind of no, burying gonna, the lead. Um, but if they become actors, I think they, that's great. The, the, the real thing that that stuck out to me was the fourteen acre part yeah. of this expansion. Mm-hmm. That what we're looking at here, we we had heard rumors that the Echo Lake area of Hollywood Studio, Hollywood Studios, which is where Star Tours is now, uh, Indiana Jones is, uh, the American Idol experience was, that that section all was going to be kind of taken over by, by Star Wars. Uh, that does not add up to 14 acres, though. So either they're going to have to, like, Go back into New York Street, which I don't think they're going to do because the other announcement here, big announcement of the of the event, was Toy Story Land. But we'll get to that in a second. I don't think they're going back that way. So uh, for those watching, uh, we have a Google Earth map that we uh, that Dustin put together. I asked him to do yesterday on the plane, and to take a look at. The area as it is right now that we're talking about, and for those listening, uh, disunplugged.com on the show notes, you can find this as well. Uh, so the area that we're looking at now is about, what, seven acres? So, yeah, the it's seven acres that um, what they're talking about with the Star Wars <clears throat> expansion will take up for the onstage, what we know as the onstage um, areas right now. And in order to do 14 acres, if they're not moving back, mm. there's only one place for them to go. Parking lot? And that's the of parking course. lot. Yeah. yeah. And so that, you know, is a rough estimate of what 14 acres would look like. So they're actually going to be, they, they would actually have to expand the size of the park, which, again, exactly how that works. They could also come out, there's a, there's a service road there that I think they could probably come out to as well. But uh, at 14 acres, I don't see how they don't expand the size of the park. It also gives them the opportunity going into the parking lot to start building without closing down too many attractions. They can close down the whole cast area and go into the parking lot and start building now without affecting anything in the park. I mean, I'm sure that whole area is going to start being blocked off anyway, but that gives them an opportunity to start 
See, and I, I disagree with Craig uh, on this point. I do not think Star Tours is going away. I think Star Tours will get an overlay. I think uh, it'll get updated with uh, new footage that will be based around the new films. Well, he was talking specifically well, about Disneyland. Yeah. Oh, Disneyland. No, I wasn't weird well, I want, to focus, I want to focus primarily yeah. on, on Orlando right now. Uh, the Disneyland team is going to handle handle that. Exactly. But I, I think Star Tours certainly becomes a part of this with two new attractions. And in addition, uh, the ca- the cantina is going in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there is uh, going to be the Star Wars launch bay and season of the Force. Star Wars launch bay will immerse guests in the upcoming film Star Wars The Force Awakens with special exhibits and peaks behind the scenes, including opportunities to visit with new and favorite Star Wars characters, special merchandise and food offerings. Uh, that is going to be located in the animation courtyard at Hollywood Studios, from what we're being told. Oh, and uh, yeah. in Tomorrowland Which... at Disneyland. And uh, Season of the Force is a seasonal event that will begin in early 2016, which I think is very telling, uh, at both Hollywood Studios and Disneyland. Um, so... Uh, My question on that is, is that a replacement for Star Wars Weekends, or is this an addition? I I think it's an addition at Hollywood Studios, but for Disneyland, it is the first one. But we need to even go further back. The first new thing we're going to see that they've already confirmed is that uh, Star Tours is being updated to include Mm -hmm. a new planet from The Force Awakens as well as the new characters. Yeah, Yeah, so uh, that's going to be coming in the next couple months before the movie's even out. So well, that's, they're getting ready with this right away. And then we're looking at we're looking at some of these additions now at early 2016, which I thought was very interesting. Uh, we have talked about on the show multiple times the length of time it takes Disney to build a parking garage, for example. Yeah. And how, you know the jokes are running rampant here and all over the internet that you know if we all live to 20, you know the year 2035, we might see this open. Uh, so I went back and took a look. Hogsmeade at Islands of Adventure announced on May 31st, 2007. Grand opening June 18th, 2010. Just about three years. Diagon Alley was announced December 6th, 2011 and opened on May 8th, 2013. So the actual analogy that would be better is that it took Universal as much time to build Diagon Alley as it took Disney to build a parking, a parking garage. Now, I mention this solely and specifically because this is the standard now. There is a direct comparison to be made here between because I don't care what Disney says. I don't care what Disney says. This announcement is a response to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. It is an It is a response to Hogsmeade. It is a response to Diagon Alley. Disney plays that down, and of course they're going to, but. Why else would this park have been left in utter disrepair over the last 10 years and then all of a sudden, let's go ahead and pump $2 billion into it mm-hmm. because they're losing market share. And so this is, this, this is the time frame that they have to match. If it takes them double the amount of time it took Universal, and I've said this in the show before, they're going to be leaving the door open leaving the door open for Universal to trump this. I don't want to see that happen. I mean, I do want to see it happen. I want to see Universal respond. 
And I'm hearing rumblings on the outskirts that even with all the announcements we've heard, there are some big announcements coming from Comcast in the next several months. So there is going to they've already I think they're already working on a response to this. But that being said, this is going to be huge. This is going to be huge. And it is, you know, at the point, let's say three years. Let's say, just for the sake of argument, let's say 2018, 2019, that time frame is when this comes up. By that point, uh, that point, Hogsmeade is going to be eight or nine years old and Diagon Alley is going to be six or seven and leaving, or five or six, I should say. That is going to leave the door open for Disney to basically draw back everything they lost and then some. Plus, plus, one of the reasons Universal experienced such a huge increase in its numbers is because these expansions of Hogsmeade and Diagon Alley appealed to an audience that they may not have necessarily been grabbing before time, Harry Potter fans. And that could be the case here as well with Star Wars. Huge, huge base of fans for Star Wars. And Disney is now tapping directly into that and growth beyond just what people that may not have come to Disney, people that may not have been as passionate about coming to Disney or come as frequently may now be engaged to be here more, to come for the first time because of this. So they've got three years to do this. That's what I'm saying. They've got three years to do this. If they can deliver it in three years, which honestly, I'm sorry, is not a lot to ask. It may mean that you have to you have to show uh, a little a little less. Uh, you have to spend more money. Yeah, and and maybe. Because one of the things they like to do is divide this over multiple fiscal years so that, you know, their shareholders don't get upset. Well, the shareholders may have to swallow this because it's, they're going to make it on the back end. Believe me, they're going to make it on the back end. They got to get this open fast. They can't leave this park. They've now announced two projects here. They've announced 14 acres for Star Wars. And I believe another, what is it? 11. 11 acres for Toy Story. The park isn't that big to begin with. <laughs> I think this park is maybe 80 acres. It's the smallest of it's the, the four. It's the smallest of the four parks. So you're talking about roughly a quarter, a little more than a quarter of this park is going to be under construction for X number of years. You can't let it stay. can't be five years from now. can't be six years from now. You can't take the time on this that you've taken with Avatar. So... This has to happen. It has to happen fast. What? I think one of the things that will work in Disney's favor versus Avatar Land is that they own all the IP. Mm-hmm. They own all the IP. There is not going to be negotiations with James Cameron. There's not going to be negotiations with Warner Brothers. And us. It's all theirs. They own it all. Mm-hmm. They own Pixar. They own a Lucasfilm. So they're not going to have to jump through those hoops. So hopefully that will help expedite this. And also, I'm wondering if if they would want to open it like Star Wars Land, 
if they would want to open it all at once, are they going to do something similar to what they did with New Fantasyland while they were building Mine Train? As pieces were opening, they were they were just they're letting gonna people. Have to. Yeah, they're going to. I'm sure they're going to try. I mean, there's a Star Wars film coming out every year starting this year for the next five <clears throat> to six years. So I'm sure my guess was they're going to aim it for the third part of the trilogy. Well, it, it goes back to what I was just saying about them saying that they were going to do you know Season of the Force in early 2016. Uh, taking over the animation courtyard, you're going to see the inclusion of these new things coming as they can. It's going to have to be a tiered rollout. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be able to be one ribbon cutting and, okay, everybody, come on in. They're going to have to... If people see progress, if people see progress, they're going to be able to get away with a little bit more in terms of how long it takes them to do. I just don't think they're going to make the same mistake they did with Mine Train. Granted, they changed the entire mm-hmm. ride, and that's why it didn't open up with the rest of New Fantasyland. But whatever opens, it's going to open front and then going back. Because part of what took Mine Train so long to develop and get built was that they changed the ride, and then they had to try to do construction in the middle of the day. In the middle of the in park. In the middle of the park. That's just nearly impossible. So most of the work there was getting done at night. Star Wars, start on the outside or start on the inside stuff in yeah. the park, push your way out, open it as it does, and mm-hmm. it should all roll out very quickly. And at the same time, I feel like they're not going to have the same problem that they had um, with Frozen, where they everything here feels very planned. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whereas Frozen, yeah. everything no seems like the, the cardboard mm-hmm. cutout version of what we're going to have two years from now. So right. this is going to be a lot better. Oh, they didn't see Frozen coming. Yeah, they didn't see it coming. You can they see Star Wars it. coming from this, a mile away. This yeah. they, if they didn't see this one coming, then they <laughs> yeah. got to go see a new Eye Doctor. Uh, but the announcement, the announcement confirms what we have been talking about for however long now since the acquisition. Mm-hmm. Since the, I think the the day we got that that uh, text during, I think we were like on a live show yeah. when we got the information that they bought Lucasfilm. And I even think on that show we were talking about, okay, I wouldn't ha- doubt it. Yeah. What, yeah. When is this coming? In, how is this going to come into the parks? So that was 2012. So, Jeez. and they've been dropping hints. They've been dropping hints along the way. So, and I, like I said, you know, we saw this coming. I don't think this was a, we were hoping it was going to be announced. So it's not a huge surprise. What did come as a huge surprise to me was the announcement of Toy Story Land. Now, I had predicted that it would be Cars Land or something more broadly themed around Pixar. But, uh, in fact, they have decided to double down with the announcement of a Toy Story 4 movie that they are going to build a land completely around Toy Story, which... This is exciting. <laughs> it's exciting. It's exciting to be sure. Again, two more attractions, two new attractions going in uh, with this. But I think that it would have had broader appeal. To do Pixar? If it had been Pixar. Yeah. And I think it would have given them a lot more creative leverage to do things. Like a Pixar land. Doing a Pixar-themed land. But I think they saw the the success of Cars Land built around mm-hmm. a specific film, a specific property, and they say, okay, well, Toy Stories are other big franchise, yeah. and I, I I have no proof of this, but I firmly believe Toy Story Land is the reason they are doing 
Toy Story 4 because they had said 3 was the last one. I, I think they had a lot of success with the Toy Story area in um, Hong Kong, too. I think it was like really a lot po- more popular than they had expected. So I think that had a, an influence on this decision, too. I o- almost wondered when I heard this announcement if like th- this is just the first of Pixar-related lands, maybe. That there could be another one in the future. Well, already a million. <laughs> well, certainly. Listen, you know, Disney. If, if there's one thing Disney does well, uh, when they find something that works, they beat it into the ground. <laughs> so, you know, Cars Land worked. So let's do Toy Story Land, and then who knows? Go from there. So yeah. absolutely, if the model works, go with it. And look again, you have a land that is going to be heavily invested in by John Lasseter. And right there, right there, it pretty much guarantees it's going to be amazing. I have a, I have a, just a general question. Um, is were there any details in terms of what attractions this would be taking over or going away in lieu of the Toy Story Land? Well, I think there's no question it's going to have to be, especially looking at the the mock-up of it. Um, I don't know if I don't think you were able to do a, a map of no, uh, not on this one. That area. This is New York Street. This is Backlot. This is uh, Lights Motors Action. Okay. So the area that we had talked about, where uh, Cars Land, quote unquote, would have gone, is where this is going to go. That's the only place to do it. Well, they, the rumor I had heard was <clears throat> it was actually going to be the animation courtyard and down that way, like it was going to sweep the side of the park. So I don't. But they've they're closing down LMA. They've already closed down the back lot. What? I don't know if the LMA thing is like an official thing that's going to happen because logistically it's just it's a high capacity stadium that they need at the <clears> holidays, <throat> especially now that everything else is closed. It's five thousand people. True. Well, true. But, but true. It, it could also be the last thing that goes too. It could be saving it for the very end. I, I definitely think that lands part of the back lot. So tour it might end sure. up being it yeah. might end up being that the back lot area and then, like forward. And then forward. Yeah. That, that's what that's what I heard had heard a rumor of because I had heard a rumor about this Toy Story Land a couple weeks ago. Um, speculation started, and well, then we can start speculating on what's going to replace New York Street and Lights Motors. Well, Action. Yeah, because some Lights Motors go Action. I've heard from too many different sources that LMA is going away. They see. I, <laughs> I started working there in like 2007, and they said to me. Well, don't get used to this job. It'll be gone next year. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it wasn't until this year that I stopped working well, I think there. Well, like, I think that probably has more to do with the fact that there was not a clear direction as to where that park was going to go. True. 2007, five years before they acquired Star Wars. I do, I do know the contracts are going year to year now. So it doesn't have a very long life left. Then sure. if, if that's the case, if they end up going back, back lot over to Animation Courtyard, then... I will well, – I don't know how much I want to bet, but I'll bet something. <laughs> I don't know if I They're can saving that land here. Yeah. Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Well, if you take a look yeah. at this photo real quick, um, for those of you who are listening, I'll try to put this up on the show notes page. You can see these two buildings to the left, which sure look like Mickey Avenue and Toy Story uh, Mania in that area. So this would be the animation courtyard, and this would wrap around the back. There's a lot of land back there. Um, and this would, if that's the case, this would wrap back behind 
um, like Voyage of the Little Mermaid and those buildings. So it's possible anyway. Well, just there, looked at this. There's a at this circular image. area in that upper left corner that mm-hmm. looks like some like to me that looks like that could be the turnaround for the shuttle loop or something like that. Like yeah. I'm just trying to picture. Like where the stuff is. So I, there's some familiar territory there. Yeah. yeah. Well, and if that's the case, then the Star Wars launch bay that's going in anima- Animator's Courtyard is just going to be like a temporary I think it's, oh, yeah, no, it's, yeah. Just, yeah, it's just a showcase. It's like what they did with the backlot tour exit with all the costumes. But what that tells me, I'm, I'm sorry, Craig, I'll, I'll let you go after this. What that tells me is that this expansion may not be quite in our faces as we thought, we thought that everything is going to be closed and you won't be able to see a damn thing while you're well, at the, at the let's park. hope let's hope they learned lessons from the complaints they got over new fantasy land yeah. and the the perpetual construction right in the middle of the park right in everybody's faces maybe that's why they moved um uh gm of magic uh, magic kingdom um over to Hollywood Studios. Right. I'm, his Phil, name's escaping uh, me. Phil uh, Holmes. Yeah. Phil Holmes. Um, they're moving here. That's maybe that's why because they they you know who better to learn from those mistakes than the man who oh had to oversee them. Yeah. He didn't make the mistakes. He had to manage the park while those mistakes were being made. So because um, he you know the general manager of the park doesn't say okay build it now build it here. Uh, so. I, we knew we knew he was being moved over to Hollywood Studios because this was coming, and that just confirmed they were going to. For me, they were going to announce something at D twenty three. So, all that said, all that said, Hollywood Studios was built to compete with Universal. It was rushed into production by Michael Eisner to open ahead of Universal Studios Orlando, and. They are now doubling down on that property for the same reason, to compete with Universal. I have said it a thousand times on this show. I will say it a thousand times more. We are the ones who benefit from this competition, and this is proof. This is proof that it just makes it so much better for us. These are two corporate titans that are right in front of us, beating the crap out of each other with billion-dollar checkbooks to win our business to win our business and at the end of the day i'm i'm rooting for both i'm rooting for both of them because we win (laughs) we have more cool stuff to go do and see (laughs) when we go on vacation well if we're talking about cool stuff are we going to talk about the attractions going into toy story land let's talk about that Uh, the first one is a slinky dog roller coaster. It's going to be a family-style roller coaster. So I'm assuming that's along the lines of, I don't know if somebody wants to fill in more details here, because I wasn't in that particular page. I know but. some people are expecting it to just be as small as Barnstormer, but I would take but it more on the level of Mine, mine Train. train. I, I was going to say, Mine Train's considered a family roller coaster. I really like how they're handling the theming of not only the whole land, but this particular uh, attraction. It's You're in Andy's backyard, and it's um, just in the same way that uh, Toy Story Midway Mania was the, the toys found um, a playset, and they made an attraction out of this the toys have all these other toys uh to their expo- uh, disposal and they've made kind of like a theme park in his backyard in terms of this roller coaster and it, it sounds like it's going to be interactive not only with 
um, the the roller coaster set that they have, but with all the other toys from the franchise, all the different characters. Um, I think this is going to be great for kids. It's going to be great for parents, and I know I'll enjoy it. Not being either one of them. Yeah. Uh, what What I like about it is we're getting a little bit more of a quote unquote thrill ride here in uh, Hollywood Studios, mm-hmm. and I just think that's it's know, definitely more thrill rides the better yeah. in my book. It's well, the family oriented thing they need in that park. This is really. one of the things I was thinking about this the other day. This is one of the things that Disney does so well that. Universal hasn't figured out yet. And that is how to give some kind give an attraction that really is enjoyable across a wide across the, the array board. of yeah. ages. So, I was thinking about this that, you know, I'm not a I'm not a thrill ride guy. I'm not. I don't do roller coasters. I'm not, you know, it's not my thing. It was when I was younger, but I'm older and fatter and have a worse back. So, no. I don't like feeling my fat defy gravity. It's not a pleasant experience for me. So I love that in spite of that, I can go into any Disney theme park, and there is plenty there for me to do that doesn't involve that assault on my person Mm -hmm. that, let's say, a Hulk or a (laughs) uh, a Dragon Challenge or, you know, the Harry Potter uh, attractions necessarily offered not that I don't love them yeah. but you know it's it's an assault on my person so <laughs> this is one of the areas where Disney really kind of threads that needle they did it with Mind Train beautifully I they thought did. that it they can build these attractions that give you a sense of some speed and some 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 thrill without being offensive and it can really appeal to a, a wide range of ages. You can have yeah. kids and adults. I was just going to say, I mean, with along <clears throat> the lines of what Rhino was saying, the whole family thing is really great. I mean, I've got my three kids and like my some of my older ones even though they're older they're a little bit more timid Margo, for example hates tower of terror and you know rock and roller coaster is it depends on the day mm-hmm. whether they'll they'll be willing to go on it or not but if this is along the lines of mind train this will be something that our family does every single time mm-hmm. we go in the park because as you're saying it hits that little that level of excitement um, but at the same time, it's not going to freak you out so badly. You don't want to go on it again. Right. I love the idea that this is something that I can go on with my kids that they will be excited about, even though they're a little bit more um, timid about the the rougher rides. See, and I'll do I'll do Tower of Terror all day, every day. Love it, love it. That I can do. Drop me, yeah, that's fun. Turn me upside down and do sixty <laughs> miles favorite. an hour in three seconds and all that. No, 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 no. no I can't. can't. Uh, I am disappointed that the other attraction that's coming in there, yeah. although it's yeah. themed to one of my favorite parts of Toy Story, the little green aliens. I'm disappointed that it's just going to be a spinning ride. It's going to be Dumbo. Um, it looks like it's going to be the same thing as Dumbo with the two well, separate attractions with the queue. Michael was predicting queue. it was going to be more like Mater's Junkyard Jamboree it's over at ride. California Adventure too. So. Who knows uh, yeah. what it will end up looking like Circles for sure? Because from the looks yeah. of it, it looks it looks similar to the layout of Dumbo right now with the two the two separate uh, tents. Spin, there. Yeah, the two separate tents and also the big the big thing behind it where you can possibly go wait. But it will have um, to I'm going to go out <laughs> on another limb here because one thing I thought for sure was going to happen at either one of these two things. Because of the ridiculous popularity of it, I thought for sure that something along the lines of Radiator Springs Racers 
was going to be brought out here. And either with Star Wars or with Toy Story, not seeing any of that in the announcements. But I would also say to everybody that what we're hearing right now is the initial plans, what's on the books. I don't think by any stretch of the imagination, we are seeing the last of what's going to happen with these areas of the park. I I am going down right now and saying I think if the Muppets TV show is popular and as funny as it looks, I think it's going to be. I think that they will keep an area of the back lot section there, the the whole area where Muppets already is, and I think they're going to kind of retheme it to a complete Muppets area, like it's been rumored for years. Especially considering that the show is setting up such a big environment, mm-hmm. there could be a Swedish Chef restaurant, there could be Rolls Bar that planet. they're doing in oh the show, God, that would be awesome. and have that. I, I think <laughs> I, was thinking about I that. really so think amazing. something like that's going to be because that can be implemented really quickly. Well, to a point. To a point, it could be. They could not, especially with these announcements, they cannot put a third area of the park under construction. They can't. Yeah, it would come after Toy Story Land. So it would be something. I mean, I could see them updating the movie. That they could do in a relatively short amount of time and maybe just add some excitement to that side of the park. Uh, I don't think you're going to see a construction wall on that side of things until after yes. Star Wars and or Toy Story opens up. Are you? Am I getting you wrong though? He went into like the Muppets and stuff like that, and I can see that happen. But what I feel like what you were saying is that within the Star Wars and the Toy Story Land, they've announced certain rides, but there may be even more rides. I is think. What you're saying, I think. Right? That I. I think. Yeah. That this is by no means, I don't think this is by any means going to be the la- the do-all, end-all of these two lands. I think other things will be added. Okay. I don't think that will happen until after these yeah. lands open and establish themselves. But I, I do not, something, ju- I don't know, something tells me that they're opening a Toy Story land out here because of the success of Cars Land. And what is the single most successful thing at Cars Land? Radiator Springs Racers. And you're talking about two attractions here that simply are not on that level. They're not that e-ticket They're not level. on that e-ticket level. So I think they probably don't want to spend the money at this point until they recoup some of what they, well, they spend on building these lands. So I think at some point in time, and again, it depends on where this goes. It depends on where uh, Toy Story Land goes. But I think you're probably right, Rhino, that it's going to wrap around yeah. Animation Courtyard. But that leaves that, that space area back there, over yeah. where LMA is, which is massive, to expand oh, yeah. it. <clears throat> and once they have the crowd capacity moving, once the construction's done and crowd capacity is moving out into Toy Story and out into uh, Star Wars, then they might be ready to take the dynamite and get rid of LMA. Well, I mean, it, there's more than enough land back there for, I think they said, two e-ticket attractions. So that, that And that was just like the stadium and the, where the, um, the canyon was in the back. And that's, I, so that's just half of the But I, I think your point is well taken. Right now, they can't get rid of anything. That, that's, that's that high of an occupancy. That, that's high yeah. of an occupancy. All right. As much as I love talking about this, we need to move on. Um, Animal Kingdom got some love in this. Finally, some details on Pandora. 
which is we've been calling it Avatar Land, but it looks like the name of it is in fact going to be Pandora World of Avatar. Um, at the what is it? The Alpha Centauri Expeditions. Yeah, that's like who operates the uh, the expedition that you're on to visit the lo- the world. Yes, yeah. this, this seemed to get the least. Just in terms of the anecdotally online, from what I was seeing flying around, anything announced about Avatar Land was just completely overshadowed when they said the word Star Wars. So, or even Toy Story for that matter. So, I, I think this is the thing people have been least excited about. Well, I, the first day of the event, I <sighs> actually rushed over to the Avatar booth because we kind of saw them setting it up before, but uh, although other sites were taking pictures of some of the exhibits before, we kind of maintained that integrity and didn't put anything up before the event started, and uh, so I knew it was going to be there, so I went straight over there, and the Alpha Centauri Expeditions thing kind of started it off, and so whenever, I didn't know how Avatar was going to be handled, but walking in and seeing that they were kind of taking it from the aspect of, oh, this is like a big travel thing. You're traveling to Pandora, and we'll take you there on this expedition. And they played this cheesy travel video that I think went over so many people's heads. Like, they were just like, this video is stupid. It's like, no, this is, it's supposed to be like the Disney promotional travel To the point where they, they had a out. terrible actor in Exactly. It. And it, everybody is saying, replace the actor. And the whole point is that he's a bad actor. Exactly. It just went over everyone's Or he's a really head. good actor acting bad. <laughs> they didn't notice the like no one's mentioned the fact that Joe Rody was even yeah. in it just playing this like kind of almost bumpkin that yeah. was talking about visiting and then going inside and seeing the actual model finally we've seen it in pictures before but seeing it it was quite That's impressive beautiful. and inside they even showed off the bioluminescence feature with black lights to really kind of show the difference <clears throat> all around and showcase some of the characters and I mean flat out I I know, uh, at least I did, I got to talk to Joe Rohde about it for a little bit. Uh, Michael got to talk to Joe Rohde about it for a little bit, who basically spent a lot of the event sitting in there and actually was willing to talk to anyone through. They had other Imagineers in there, but Joe Rohde specifically was taking pictures and really discussing people about this. He is so excited about it. And I watched him. I was standing there whenever John Lasseter came in, and even John Lasseter got the talk from Joe Rohde and was floored by it. So <laughs> That's great. It's, as much as I was against it, and I'm still on the fence, it has a lot more promise for okay. me now. Okay, okay, okay. I, I, stop right there. Stop and listen to what he just said. I'm on the record having said this is a project that is being done by arguably one of the greatest Imagineers who have ever lived, Joe Rohde, and I don't think I'm overselling him there. Mm -mm. One of the greatest Imagineers that Disney has ever had is Joe Rohde. One of the greatest filmmakers in history is James Cameron. And the fact that so many people are just like dismissing this boggles my mind. Look, I love the movie. I thought the movie was great. I'm excited about the next one. I'm not painting my face to look like Zoe Saldana. <laughs> okay? I'm not, uh, not going to be wearing any outfits or putting any ears on. No tails? But I enjoyed it. I am <clears throat> excited not so much that they are doing 
a land around Avatar. I'm excited by the fact that they're doing a land that is being done by Joe frickin' Rody and James frickin' Cameron. <laughs> Does Can anybody wrap their head around the awesomeness of that sentence? It's James Cameron and Joe Rody. I don't care if they do Bathroom World. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> that, that goes to a point that I want to make is like, uh, even if you don't like James Cameron's movies, which if you don't, you're stupid. Because, you know, Term- <laughs> oh, wow. Terminator. I even stayed away from that. Okay? <laughs> Terminator, Avatar, Titanic, all that stuff. True Aliens. Um, true even, lies. Even, yeah. It's even a true you, lies world. Even yeah. if you don't like that, the fact that James Cameron, on average, takes about eight to ten years to do any movie that he ever does. Tells you that he's one of the most dedicated filmmakers mm-hmm. ever in terms of um, attention to detail and story and things like that. You may not like the movies, but you can't argue that he puts everything into his projects. No and question. I think that he's going to do the exact same thing in uh, in this working alongside Joe. Ryan. And I think. I, I, I said it before, say it again. Those of you who are snubbing your nose at Pandora, Avatar Land, whatever you want to call it, those of you who are like not excited about it, those of you who are just dismissing it, when it opens and when you see it, you're going to sing a different tune. And that's why I wanted to do a full stop here after what he just said. Because after hearing it from Joe Rody, after seeing the concept art, after seeing where they're going with it, all of a sudden, his tune's starting to change. Guess what? This is a snapshot of what's going to happen to all of you. Yeah. So just pay attention. You're going to feel the same way. I will say this, that <clears> the <throat> exhibit uh, where, where all this was being displayed maintained a very long line. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The duration of D23. It, I, I mean, yeah. if mm-hmm. you didn't get there early, you were waiting in line just to get into this exhibit. So it wasn't just a, a walk in, walk out. No. You had to wait a while just to walk in there. And I don't know if some people were going in there for Joe Rody or they actually wanted to see. Oh, I think that, um, I, that he, look, that's a draw. Yeah. Joe so, Rody's sitting there talking to you. T- t- take, yeah, take him up. Take him up on it. That's a conversation I would love to have. So, absolutely, very, very, very excited mm-hmm. about this. Um, did, were there any details released about uh, Pandora that we hadn't heard before that struck out to you? Uh, not in that much depth. Uh, the Imagineers that were standing inside there did go into detail about where the attractions would be. So, like, looking at the model, they pointed out to me, okay, the, the Banshee ride is going to be back there, which uh, during the presentation they went out of their way to say that they now believe that for the Banshee ride, they have the most updated flight technology that of any park and they mm. think it will be the premier flight one and the the name of the ride of course also they announced that flight of passage um <laughs> kind of tying into the movie mm-hmm. uh the river ride they didn't release a name for it but they they really went into detail and they told me where it was going to be all the way in the back of the model um the one thing that did stand out to me is uh I get, there was this like big section that kind of looked like a warehouse, and the Imagineers explained that that was left from the crew that came and tried to take over Pandora, the whole mining oh. crew. And so that's they've abandoned that all now. So this kind of, in the world, it takes place a little bit after the first movie, and hmm. that has been rebranded uh, into, well, a restaurant, some shopping, okay. and so that's going to be the area. And so in if a, you look at the model, you'll be able to see okay. that. In a really loose tie-in in a weird way this reminds me of jurassic world 
in that like That's you're going easy, yeah. to this um, this exotic place and you're you're doing it through an official travel company and you're looking at things that once were and that have been left behind and in a way it's kind of like what they've done with Jurassic World and uh, that kind of excites me to think yeah. that they're doing something similar like that we cannot possibly know the brilliance of these two men we can't and what this is going to be when it opens when it opens that's okay there's that but <laughs> the fact that it's the two of them i have i have never ever 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 doubted for a moment that this is going to be awesome and uh, i'm very excited about it now the other announcement coming out of animal kingdom uh, Rivers of Light opening spring 2016 on the Discovery River between Discovery Island and Expedition Everest. This is going to be their uh, innovative show using live music and performers, floating lanterns, water screens, and swirling animal imagery. It's basically World of Color for Animal Kingdom. Or Fantasmic. Well, I think more World of... Yeah, it could be a little Fantasmic World of Color. Yeah. Had a kid and sent it <laughs> into the jungle. Uh, and, Can of course, the sunset... Kilimanjaro Safari, uh, also coming in the spring of 2016. Guests traveling over the African savannah in a special nighttime version of the safari, complete with two new animal species, animal uh, African wild dogs and hyenas. Uh, this is all, by the way, part of an effort now uh, to ultimately make Animal Kingdom a full-day mm-hmm. park. What I really liked about the announcement or the details that were released with the nighttime safari is that they weren't just uh, going to do like they do in Avatar with the bioluminescence and, and embrace the fact that it's nighttime. They're, they're lighting it so that it's permanently a sunset uh, type lighting. Exactly. The, uh, kind of like those wonderful images you think of when you think of the Lion King poster. And so it's always that weird little sunset lighting. And I think that that's going to be really cool in the safari. All right. I'm going to do something I never do, but I have to. I'm sorry. I have to go to the bathroom. So I'm going to let these guys chat. Well, I run. So keep talking about... cut it back to me because that's the best way to do it right now. Yeah, please. I'm sorry, but... In terms... uh, Nature calls. (laughs) It's a long show. In terms of the safari um, and the animal kingdom in general, uh, when it comes to nighttime, like Pete said, this is a complete overhaul for this park. This park, I work there. It shuts down when those animals... When it's sleepy time for those animals... It's time for that uh, park to shut down with the uh, addition of Rivers of Light, with the addition of Pandora, and with the addition of the uh, Sunset Safari. You have Asia, you have uh, Avatar, and you have Africa that all now offer nighttime things. Plus, we've also had Harambe Nights, and of course, there's going to be stuff in Discovery Island, I'm sure. Um, well, adding the, the effects back to Tree of Life, I think that mm. was pretty much all of our favorite parts of Harambe Nights besides the yeah. unlimited alcohol that was being pushed <laughs> upon us. Uh, that, that was great. But and walking pineapples. out and seeing the Tree of Life all lit up with like those firefly effects, I I still look at some of the pictures of that. And, and even the pictures don't do it justice. Yeah. It's hard to capture that. I regret that I never got to do Harambe Nights and see that effect, but um, I know they've been they've been working a lot on the Tree of Life itself after that limb broke and like um, like halfway murdered somebody um you know they've they've been adding a lot to that this what? is it didn't, it didn't hurt anybody there was a there was a limb that, that one fell parrot off. back there there was a limb that fell off so they had to add nets hit the turtle in the walkway um just kidding oh <laughs> what, what, what what how do we envision seeing the animal kingdom at night is everything 
open? Is it just are, are they going to add um, new experiences for night beyond just what we're seeing here, or is it just going to be the normal attractions and shops and stuff? Because there's certain things that work at night. There's certain things that probably won't. I, I mean, I, Everest would be open. Yeah, I think yeah. a good amount will be open. Dino Land can all be open. Everest yeah. will yeah. be open. The dinosaur the river ride can be open. Won't, but I, I think a good amount will still be open. I mean, uh, the biggest part was Kilimanjaro safaris, worrying yeah. about the animals and that, but yeah. they're making it open for the specific reason. If I they- don't. I don't well, and while we're uh, still buying some time here, uh, I guess I'm going to finally plug it now. Uh, especially in regards to this, if you want to see how like excited even Joe Rody was talking about it, uh, the video from the entire parks, uh, Disney Parks and Resorts panel is actually up on our YouTube channel with a crap ton of other videos from the event, and we've still got more. Yeah, they're still coming tonight, <laughs> tomorrow. Than, uh, like made it up yet? We have a lot. So go on, and uh, if you're about Animal Kingdom, if you're on the fence, Joe Rody came out. Uh, and actually did the whole section on Animal Kingdom and just hearing how excited he was about all of this is it's enough to sell anyone on it he was really pumped up for it well what we've talked about over the last couple of years I know ever since I've been on this show is that you have you have Magic Kingdom and Epcot which are you know no doubt full day parks everybody loves everything at both of those parks Then you've got Disney's Animal Kingdom, which for whatever reason has this connotation of being like a half-day park. And until recently, uh, Disney Studio or Disney Hollywood Studios really has been a a half-day park. Now, what we're going to see in the next couple years is all four parks being that full day experience Hollywood Studios for sure is going to become probably one of the more popular parks mm-hmm. and now Disney's Animal Kingdom you're going to be able to spend the whole day there um, from from morning because those morning safaris offer you more animal experiences uh, or different animal experiences than the uh, the nighttime safaris and now you're going to want to do it twice you're going to want to book two separate fast pass pluses or whatever it is to go in there man we are just buying our time well, i'm more <laughs> excited about a nighttime animal kingdom over daytime just for yeah. the just for the heat factor oh sure i mean I, that's why i don't like going to animal kingdom because there's so many different bottlenecks and you add that with the heat hopefully nighttime will be well, a lot it's different like, aesthetically it's, it's just different. more beautiful i mean yeah. expedition everest during the night is it's, so much better than during the day yeah, yeah, I have. Yes, yeah. but you have to it's you you have to almost always be at some kind of special event in order yeah. to be able to experience that way but it's incredible and you know like craig was saying with the tree of life at night when they were doing it at harambe nights it was gorgeous I've gorgeous al- there's so much potential for this park well, in we the evening hours we didn't even mention that they're adding the two new animals as part of the nighttime tour hyenas oh, and then wild dogs did he he, he, he did say the hyenas and i the apologize wild- i was not listening Yay. then hey can we can we talk about um can we talk about rivers of light for a second um it was it was mentioned between discovery island and expedition everest i know there's a really large body of water that is um you know, around Expedition Everest and in the whole Asia area to Dino Land and stuff like that. Yeah. Was there any clarification on is this a, a still thing? Like you, you park yourself in one spot and watch it? Or oh. is this like a moving kind of parade kind of nighttime thing? Um, I'll wait two seconds here. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, no, it's going to be a still there. They've already gone well into constructing not only the, the placements in the water for the fountains effects and stuff, but as well as the seating. They've already started to develop the seating area okay. there. So it's it's going to have uh, 
I don't know how big of an area. I think it's going to end up being more world of colorish, and that we can fit more standing <laughs> bodies than Phantasmic with let's just make it bleachers and try to fit more people in that way, which doesn't really work out. It just takes up too much space. But that's all really starting to develop now. And uh, it's I, I'm going to probably start going to Animal Kingdom more often yep. just to really watch how it's building up because mm-hmm. it's exciting. All right, so I have returned from... Bathroom World. Bathroom World. <laughs> by Joe Rodian. <laughs> and uh, so I guess we were just wrapping up on... Uh, we were. Pandora. Yes. All of it. Animal Kingdom? We yeah. covered yep. it. Are we good? Let's go to Epcot. We yep. good? We Let's covered it. Talk about Epcot. Something else that has been rumored uh, for a while we knew was coming, but now we know that it will be coming in 2016. Soarin' Around the World will be coming to both Epcot and California Adventure out in Disneyland. And this will replace the film that is currently there with one that goes over the Great Wall of China. I saw the uh, uh, Monument Valley in Utah. A number of different places around the world and I think it's I am so excited about this and I feel like this makes a lot more sense yeah. in Epcot anyway yeah. you know pairing it with we've got World Showcase on the other end of the lagoon and um, yes, to, to have something that was just very specifically California in the land pavilion just always seemed like an odd yeah, it thing. makes sense at the California Adventure, but at Epcot, it definitely makes right. more sense. It, it, yes, at Epcot, the around-the-world theme just fits a lot Absolutely, better. absolutely. And, um, you know, Soren, arguably my favorite attraction at Disney World. Pirates is there, too, Haunted Mansion. But uh, it's definitely up there. And uh, very excited very very excited to to see this and just a side note we were we were on the backstage magic and they uh enhanced their soren to be digital imax now and that was really great so i don't know what the plans are for disney world in terms of that but if they're going to be updating this i'm, I'm sure they eventually we're going to go oh, to digital IMAX. Yeah, well. soren. we're going to get the same and what's mm, really good about that cool. is going if we're going into uh a digital version of soren uh which we are, that means it also has the ease of being able to switch back and forth between either of the videos if they want, where it's a lot harder if it's on film stock. So, you know, for people who are sad to see the California one go, it's going to come back around in a special event or something else. Oh, sure, sure. But uh, I was very, very excited to see that. It looks like all the theme parks are getting love, you know, a little bit of love. Uh, so Epcot, that's what Epcot's getting. Yeah. They're going to get uh, a new version of Soarin' coming next year. Oh, and we really should mention, too, if you weren't planning on it, but we got to, in the panel, we got to see a little bit more details of the Frozen Ever After uh, whole experience taking over uh, the Norway Pavilion. And as much as we all hated on it, uh, one thing in particular, the Sven animatronic, the reindeer animatronic that they showed in a picture... <clears throat> It looks pretty impressive. Really? So, I, I mean, still wait and see what happens with the ride, but just based on some of the new concept they were showing, it actually looks like it's being done very well. Well, I don't think there was any yeah, question wasn't. that they would do a great job, and I'm glad to see that there's proof that they would do a good job. We all just had a problem with where it was located. Yes, true. Uh, he just said what I was doing. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, look, look, I... Uh, Frozen, me and Frozen. I love the movie. I do. I love the movie. However, you know, it's just getting Frozen fatigue. (laughs) And, you know, I think 
I'm sure with whatever they do will be will be great. Whether it belongs in Norway or not remains a point of discussion. That's not going to be the issue. The issue is going to be the five-hour wait to get on the ride once it opens. <laughs> yep. That's going to be the issue. And that's what everybody's going to be talking about is the absurd wait times, the impossibility of getting fast passes. Um, so, but, uh, all right, let's move over to the Magic Kingdom. And uh, I understand uh, more details on the Jungle Cruise restaurant. Yeah, the or the new Skipper Cantina. I actually, I'm glad that I sent Tom to this one because it was on the second day and it was during the animation panel. So it's odd. We were all just kind of like, I mean, I had Rhino going one place. I had Jenny Lynn going somewhere. I actually Mike, walked in that one by accident too. I was like, oh, there's a picture of that Skipper thing, yeah. and then I was like, I'm going to back out slowly. Well, and Michael and I were at the animation panel, and so I was like, Tom, if you can go, you know, there might be a story or two. Not expecting them to finally... I mean, we knew that there was a new restaurant going into Adventureland. Yeah, Everyone yeah. knew it, but <clears throat> the fact that they got to confirm and it we'd there... Heard, we'd heard that it was Jungle Cruise-themed. Yeah, themed, yeah. but going, going into those little more details, it was nice that they kind of put that in, considering it was supposed to just be a, a celebration of Jungle Cruise by people who were skippers at one point in time in their life. And uh, I know Tom mentioned that there was going to be three different unique rooms based on it. And I apologize. I, I still haven't even even read the news story that Disney Parks blog put out yeah. for it or ours. So I don't know a ton of details, but Dustin? Yeah, well, I, I was just going to ask you being there, and this seems like an obvious question to me. Were there, if any, any comparisons to a Trader Sam's type environment? Uh, there wasn't any in general from what I know, but I think it, it's going to take that feel to it. I mean, it, it's got to. How can it not? Yeah. Right. It's not going to be a replica by any means, but it, it's going to have that same feeling. Uh, people love Trader Sam's, and uh, the new Trader Sam's over at Polynesian is still very extremely popular and not getting the same amount of love uh, as the theme of the original one. But anything tiki-related is such a big draw with Disney people because they grew up loving adventure. Well, also, you're, you know, from a logistics standpoint, you're adding another table service restaurant to the Magic Kingdom, which is, which is never a bad thing. No. <laughs> and it may help take some of the uh, some of the pressure off Be Our Guest yeah, that'd be nice. yeah. in yeah. terms of making it easier to get some of these reservations. So I think from that standpoint, from a logistics standpoint... This is great news. The question is, how large is it going to be? What's its capacity going to be? Be Our Guest is a massive, massive restaurant that has huge capacity for for its meals. So I'm not sure how many, because they're talking about multiple themed rooms. Uh, it's a pretty this. big space. <clears throat> that that whole little building complex that has not been used for anything other than Tinkerbell's uh, like character meet and greet type thing in Halloween and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And it also says that the cruise sk- the Jungle Cruise skippers will be your server. So I wonder if this is going to, you know, well they're not going to bring in that life that you know a more, you know, joking yeah. joking yeah. dinner experience, something along the lines of fifties uh, prime time. Yeah, yeah. Well, and with the sorry, I just pulled the article up with the several unique dining rooms. One will be like the crew mess hall, mm-hmm. so that kind of feel where they would eat, and then. A once hidden secret meeting room of the famed Society of Explorers and Adventurers. Sounds adventurers clubbish to me. Yeah, Yeah. it sure does. It definitely does, and it would be a great way to bring some of those uh, old props from over there in and really get people just excited. I 
I don't want to open a can of worms with this, but is there any chance, any chance whatsoever, that Be Our Guest made it possible for them to put alcoholic beverages in this restaurant? Do you think I, that's a yes or no? I don't think it'll happen. I no. think they'll just stick to more like uh, well, the argument. Any... The Sorry. argument for Be Our Guest having alcohol was that it was a themed around a French restaurant and that a part of the theme is that they have alcohol they serve wine they you know which was i can't use the word without getting an explicit rating uh not accurate it was there was a money grab let's just be honest with what it was it was a money grab it had nothing to do with theming so but if they're going to be if the, you know they disney was the one that put that out there so you know they can't get away with saying that here per se but if they want to do it, they're going to do it. Um, I think it would be a terrible mistake. A terrible, terrible mistake to do it. But then again, you know, look, you know, we've, we've talked before about the death of legacy uh, at Walt Disney World. And it would not surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me if it happened. That's a good point. And honestly, <clears throat> as much as I would hate to see them actually serve alcohol here, too, at the same time, it's better than them trying to do that and serve alcohol in Disneyland in something other than Club 33. So if they're going to keep breaking their rules, at least do it with our Magic Kingdom and Walt Disney World and keep the integrity over at the other place. Now, here, here's a concept. Let's keep the integrity everywhere. Let's, let's get back to... <laughs> That's a little difficult. Let's get, back to, let's get back to legacy. Let's get back to paying attention to the things that made us great. And I'm not going to go off on a rant right now about it because it's just, this is all just good stuff that's coming out, and I don't want to I don't want to go there. But I'm doing a solo show later this week, so I'll <laughs> save it for that. Good. <clears throat> but so that's uh, Skipper Canteen coming to Magic Kingdom. Yes. Um, finally, we're going to talk about some of what was discussed at uh, D23 regarding some of the films. That are going to be coming out, and I'm going to turn that over to my filmmakers. Uh, well, to talk some about what's uh, what you learned and what you're excited about and what you're not excited about. Are you I'm, I'm looking, looking around the room for some of them, but I can't <laughs> seem to find any here. I'm it's, it's, oh wow! Look, <laughs> you want to say that about yourself? That's one thing, but you yeah. just guess these two. <laughs> that hurt a little bit. <laughs> I know. Uh, my, I mean, live. Oh. I don't know. Well, I mean, finding Dory's behind there, so I was part of that one. <laughs> well, but do you want to get into some live action stuff? Well, I was going to. I was just going to ask, which do you want to hear first? Because it was they broke the panels up with live action films, and then there was an animation panel. Let's talk about live action films. Yeah. Okay. Well, so. Um, the live action panel required me to wake up at 4.30 in the morning. I didn't think it was possible to function. Um, but it was it was totally worth yeah, it. Yeah, I want you to look into the camera, and I want you to tell these people how hard your life is. Yeah, I, I had you get to one get flown to California, stay in this really nice hotel, <laughs> wake my lazy butt up at, at 4.30, and then go meet all these awesome celebrities. I mean, I had a terrible time so next um, time we'll send one of them since, no, since it was such a such an awful experience no it was it, i i uh, i actually want to say that i feel like when i was on the plane ride back i smiled like an idiot the entire time and i thought my life feels different right now than it did when i went out here oh wow. so i said no matter what happens like if you fired me or some god forbid something happened on the way back i was like i felt 
that good. Are you getting emotional? Yeah, I'm going to start crying. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, it was the Dick Van Dyke thing. Whenever I think about it, I start to get uh, sad. So, uh, anyway. <laughs> Show the picture and stare at it. You don't look sad there. Oh, no, but I did have picture. to keep it together really well. I, I, so that this was, oh my uh, you know. God. That, I, like, you should frame that. that oh, yeah. I, I, I was going to bring the actual thing, but I was like, well, I have a digital <laughs> file. That's even better. But, um, yeah, they, they made print out, too, and... Um, that was, uh, I just like called my mom afterwards and started. <laughs> well, I'm oh, glad that the so plane cute. didn't go down because I was on there with them. Um, so we're both here for it. Uh, um, live action. No? Yeah, no, okay. I can do it. Um, anyway, so it was a lot of fun. Uh, I got to attend this one with Craig. Um, and they we got up real early. We got great spots. Um, th- this was full. I'm telling you, this play, this was probably the... I'm not sure about the animation one, but this one was probably the largest turnout. Um, you know, Marvel, Star Wars. I'm sure the animation was at least on par with that. But that's about 8,000 people that they can pack into that room. So, um, and, they, and I'm going to give them props, too. They did an amazing job doing this. And everything was really well organized. It started off with um, – uh, they had uh, – oh, I lost my they, note. They break it into three different yeah. – um, Parts of it, or two, I guess. Three. No, it was three. three. Now that we it have was, Lucasfilm. It was, I yeah, about that. Walt Disney Studios, Marvel, and Lucasfilm. Um, Lucasfilm. Yeah, and so Alan Horn came out, who's the chairman of uh, Walt Disney Studios, to you know let us know there was going to be some big stuff. And they started off with Marvel, of course, so they brought out Kevin um, Feige to, to uh, talk about that. And, um, you know. Yeah, we got to see some Doctor Strange clips, which uh, really wouldn't be possible without how successfully popular Guardians of the Galaxy and yeah. then even Ant-Man being a success. And that's uh, their 12th consecutive success, which I was kind of taken back by yeah. 12 movies in a row that have so been Sony. for them. So. <laughs> and then we got to see uh, as we got to see um, what's video? his name? Benedict Cumberbatch? Well, yeah, but more importantly, Captain America Civil War, Chris Evans, and... Uh, you're supposed to say Anthony Mackie comes out and, and he surprised Anthony us Mackie. with that. Yeah, well, this show would be two hours okay, but, if you go into yeah. every detail. <laughs> yeah, but they came out. They showed us a, a pretty amazing, um, like a, an elongated trailer, yeah. and um, it saw like, and we saw a lot of stuff in this trailer. That movie is a week away from being done with production, but we saw like um, the Black Panthers costume, like in action, was in there. I know that was a big deal. Um, there was no Spider Man reference or anything like that. I know people were looking for maybe that being a thing i think it could be bigger than the avengers oh yeah well not not the avengers it could the be bigger one. than age of ultron yeah civil war yeah i'm yeah. telling you the movie looked fantastic <laughs> and yeah. it it just it it gave you you know we we had chills we were like little kids yeah. in the audience watching and that, then but. in terms then it went into the walt disney studios features and um there were some of the smaller more uh more broader, almost like a throwback to the old Disney movies that you made, you used to make that you forget about now, like Third Man on the Mountain and those kind of true stories that are slightly fictionalized. So there's one with uh, Chris Pine coming out that's about a big boat rescue the that finest happened. Hours. The, the Finest Hours. Another one about chess, Ugandan chess prodigies, the Queen of Katwe. And so there's little things like that. But the big ones here were The Jungle Book with uh, John Favreau on hand along with Sir Ben Kingsley, yeah, uh, awesome. Lupita Nyong'o. Ben Kingsley was there? Oh, yeah. Ben he Kingsley came out on stage, there. and I got to tell you, oh. he was just, he was wow. very humble. Very the most gracious <laughs> man. Yeah. Like, he was embarrassed by how, 
reactive everybody I like, was to him. I like that they said Lupita Nyong'o is in every Disney movie from yeah. now no, on. Yeah, she is. That was the thing. They brought her out on stage like three or four times <laughs> while we were here. Contractually <laughs> obligated. Yeah. Uh, but this movie, of course, has some live actors in it, but the big thing is the incredible voice talent list that they got, including Sir Ben Kingsley, Christopher Walken as King Louis, um, is ben Bill, Kingsley, Murray, Bill Murray as no, Baloo, yeah. and oh, Scarlett what? Johansson he wasn't as Ka. There. No, they no, weren't no. there. It was just it was just uh, Sir Ben, Lupita, and then Bill Murray had the been there. Mopey. Dustin would just drop full over time. Bill F and Murray. <laughs> <laughs> well, when they got to that part with him in the trailer, the room just went crazy. Yeah. And then they end it with the kids going into the King Louis scene, like you know that scene. And the ape comes out, and they haven't said who plays the ape yet. And he comes out, and he's like, "Oh, call me Louis." And you're like, "Oh." Christopher Walken. It's Garfield three. It amazing. And <laughs> I, it's going to be probably the most technologically advanced movie that Disney has made so far really? yet uh, according to how they're touting it it looked beautiful it looked it looked gorgeous so uh, that's definitely up on the list of the big ones uh, Beauty and the Beast we got uh, a chance to hear an intro by Emma Watson from that along mm-hmm. with Josh Gad and Luke Evans who are playing uh, Le Fou and Gaston respectively uh, they sang a couple bars from the song Gaston and Anyone who doubted that movie, and I'm speaking about myself. Yeah, you it's, were immediately I convinced. was immediately dismissing this. I'm immediately convinced it's going to be good because they are taking the Cinderella route, and they aren't going to go the Maleficent route with it. They're not trying to do a twist on an old story. Uh, with Jungle Book and with Beauty and the Beast, they are taking the more, we are going to try to enhance the classic story that everyone knows and love. Uh, and I'm sorry, is Jungle Book going to be a musical as well? No, yeah. that, I, that well, one's... I don't. We don't know. They didn't say, but Bill Murray's kind of like singing the bare necessities yeah. in the preview, okay. so we weren't we weren't sure. I think it might be a little bit of a blend. They might do okay. more nods, kind of like how Cinderella did it. Yeah. Um, what else was really Peach um, Dragon? Yeah, Peach Dragon. I gotta say, mm. Peach Dragon, it, and it's updated for modern times, so it's a new take on the story. So like. The kid, um, uh, Pete, is going to be like a feral child that was left in the woods. Hold on. I'm just I'm, I'm looking at some information here. Yeah. Um, you talk about Maleficent and stuff, yeah. and I haven't seen it, so I can't say. But I'm taking a look at $758 million worldwide at the box office. Well, they're making another yeah. one now. <clears throat> because it made $758 yeah. million. So, you know, there is success to be had with going that route. Yeah, um, there is. I know you didn't like it, but, you know. Seven hundred and fifty-eight million oh, I, says a lot of people yeah. did. No, I mean, I, I even I, I even bought it on Blu-ray too, just because because <laughs> you wanted so, to hate it in two two I, mediums. I wanted to try to give it another chance, and I still haven't even watched it since then. So <laughs> I, I have it on iTunes. I just haven't it. watched it. I'm sorry. Uh, I was excited for the Peach Dragon thing because uh, for this one they brought out uh, Bryce Dallas Howard on stage, and so because she's playing the park ranger. No. Yeah, she's playing. Yeah, she's playing. I get her and Jennifer Garner mixed up sometimes. So Bryce Dallas Howard was there, and um, and they they also gave us a preview. And this movie's not coming out for a year, so the footage that we saw, though, it, it's got Carl Urban in it. Um, Robert, Robert Redford's Redford. on board. Yeah, and so it's it's going to be. And you can see a little square of the dragon. You couldn't see much. You saw like a hand reaching for it, and it was kind of furry, and it turned color when it was touching it. So it, it looks like it's going to be. Um, a, a very interesting movie and then they went into what I thought was kind of the dud of the uh, presentation I don't know Alice in Wonderland I was not <gasps> Alice Through the Looking Glass don't it, even it does that. not I did not like the first one oh, and she's clutching her not. pearls over there. She's like, <laughs> I'm sorry even. but the footage they showed did not look promising to me yeah it wasn't impressive and the audience wasn't really taken by it now where does that fit 
in terms of Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland? How does that it's fit? It's the sequel. It's a direct yeah. sequel yeah. to that. So they bring Alice back into the world. Um, because Mad Hatter is getting sick in a way because time is having a direct influence the literal in the character world. of time. Yes, yeah. who is played by Sasha Baron Cohen. So he's going to be goofy and it's eccentric. An and it turns into a time-traveling tale, which you get to hear more about the backstory of all the characters, how they became to be. Uh, the Walt Disney Studios portion ended, of course, with Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tale. came out on stage in mm. character? Uh, completely. And he had to be drunk. Johnny Depp. Who, <laughs> he was less drunk than he was at his... Uh, But still, he comes out eating grapes, and then as who's allergic to grapes, and then starts throwing grapes at them, (laughs) finishes the grapes, and says, "I hate grapes." And then he essentially had to be pulled off the stage. He goes like this, like um, I think it was. I don't think it was Iger. I'm not sure who was up there with him, but they were like Johnny. All right, thanks, thanks, Captain Jack Sparrow. And he goes, "Wait, I want to sing you a song." And he pauses for like a minute and a half, and they're like. Okay, you gotta go. And he's like, I don't want to sing a song anymore. And they have to like pull him off the stage. But it, I gotta tell you, being in that room and seeing the man cool. in person in that yeah. character was just mind blowing. And then you know, of course, from here they, they dipped film. into the Lucas film, which I I gotta say the little cute thing they did, which really for me visually made me understand how Star Wars fits in Disney is they had the castle was the shot of the castle and then it just starts panning up into the stars and they had the Lucasfilm thing was above it so I was like it was kind of like a nice like how everything fit into Disney's umbrella but so in my life a couple years ago like five or six years ago I made it a goal like an an outrageous goal that someday I would be in a room with J.J. Abrams and uh, check off the box because out comes J.J. Abrams and I'm just sitting there like crying myself in my seat a little bit more. And he's getting emotional again. Yeah, and and he brings out um, John Boyega, um, Daisy Ridley, and um, Oscar Isaac was there, but he didn't say anything. And this this guy is like the new up-and-coming, like, he's going to be winning a load of Academy Awards soon. Um... And they they revealed that they were going to give us an exclusive uh, poster um, that and they showed it um, done by the guy who did all the original Star Wars posters and everything. I, I forget his name off the top of my head, but um, not Ralph McQuarrie, somebody else. No, it, it, yeah, that wasn't the name. Um, but yeah, so you can see it in the picture here. So they started it with it with just John Boyega and Daisy Ridley's character, and then they zoomed out, and then. J.J. Abrams was like, why would we give you a poster with an actor that's not even here? I know, that's weird, right? Like, why would we bring all these people and not this guy? And freaking Harrison Ford walked out on stage, <laughs> and Craig and I were just the staring at each other. The like, must have screaming. erupted. Oh, you have, everybody's on their feet screaming. It was the loudest I've heard the entire weekend of any reaction. And wow. He, like, started, he seemed very, like, emotionally taken back by it. Like, he, he gave quite a yeah. little speech. It was also probably, if anyone in the room had saw me, it was probably the most excited you'll ever see oh, yeah. me I was, I was surprised. So. <laughs> Too bad we couldn't get that on camera. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Craig's take But we, like, draw. looked at each other and we were just like no yeah. and, and he like came out and it just so and that's where this was the best part of the panel so they they showed us um they didn't show us anything really anybody they just kind of talked about it they showed uh i think some like photos or something but um so they leave and they show a, a clip of a, oh i'm sorry i'm skipping over because they talked about the other star wars movie too because they talked about rogue one and they showed us our first official look at the cast of rogue one in costume on set like the first production still and that looks really good and that's set between episode three and four it's about the rebels who stole the death star plans yes. um mads michelson they revealed was in it too which i think is pretty amazing um uh tv's hannibal uh but um so then then they got into this stuff but then um 
it ends and and this like clip comes on and it's this opening this hatch opens into this world and then the, and then uh, Iger comes out um, and he's like I I'm gonna explain that clip here in just a second and then he and then he went into the thing about the Star Wars and then <clears throat> I'm not referring to a Star Wars land anymore I'm trying to get away from that because Star they Wars didn't expansion. say that yeah they and I I think what's interesting is Disney is stepping away from creating like lands it feels like now they've done kingdoms and lands and now they're going into worlds so they're reaching out on this Disney universe even wider. Hmm. So it's a very ambitious thing, but it, that was like goosebumps, and I, I just didn't think I would be there for that announcement because I knew I wasn't going to the parks one, but like, I, it was it was a very, like, they love to put that little surprise on the end, and they do it mm-hmm. so well. Like, So never get up and leave one of these early. So, and for the animation panel, I'll just go over it all briefly, but we got to see a little bit more on Zootopia starring Jennifer Goodwin as Judy Hopps and uh, Jason Bateman as Nick Wilde. And uh, Jennifer Goodwin was on hand to kind of introduce the clips and stuff. Uh, it looks like it's going to be really hilarious as much as... Um, as much as sometimes these animal talking animal movies can go wrong, but Walt Dis- John Lasseter really wants Disney to get back into the classic talking animal movies yeah. of old days. So I think this is definitely going to be a good start from them. Uh, from there, it went into Gigantic, uh, their new uh, version of Jack and the Beanstalk, which John Lasseter, uh, he promises the reason why they made it is because they want to make the definitive version of Jack and the Beanstalk. Because it's been all over the place. And, yeah, and I think they're actually going to do a very great job at this because they have uh, Bobby Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez. There you go. The and that's, that's Disney. songwriting team. That's Disney, not Pixar, right? This it, is all Disney, sorry, okay. starting off. Uh, of course, <clears throat> the songwriters behind Frozen, Finding Nemo the Musical, and so many more things. Uh, making gigantic that's going to be taking place in uh, Spain and they even went over there to Spain to get the whole concept behind it and instead of the classic Jack and the Beanstalk story where he goes up and there's one giant Jack goes up and finds an entire world of giants some good some bad well that's uh, similar to the live action the, the live action one yes that, that dark just, one that which yeah. I kind of like the giant slayer I like the idea Jack I thought the it was really cool yeah. Yeah. but this should be really good so it's well, I like Jack him I like the guy who played Jack yeah yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. The, yeah, what is his name? Nicholas Holden yes. or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, should be good with Jack and the 11-year-old girl. That went into Moana, the uh, the highly anticipated new Disney princess movie that's uh, taking place in the th- South Pacific um, and famously starring The Rock, who Dwayne Johnson was on hand to really pump up the crowd about this. And my God, what an entertainer. I know I make some jokes about him on the Universal show, but he hits the stage and he is... He's very charismatic. Oh, yeah. And so... So proud to finally be a part of a Disney animated movie. And One it's of his cool. dreams. Cool. And it's cool that they cast him because he is Samoan or Hawaiian yes. in, in uh, Heritage. Yeah. yeah. yeah That's really he, cool. And they explain more about his character. Kind of, he's like a Hawaiian god, Maui, and very legendary and just. He's, his character is going to be bizarre. And they explain more about Moana, uh, a princess in her village that uh, her grandma dies, who is really an important part of her. But then she, as she grows up, she also discovers the world around her. And the the whole plot is very intricate. But they showed a clip from this, which had a lot of the audience actually tearing up. Uh, it was really beautiful because even in this movie, like the ocean, which as we've all been to Hawaii, most well, except for JL, sorry. I haven't and been to Rhino, Hawaii. And Rhino, sorry. <laughs> the rest of us have been to Hawaii. We know that like Excuse the culture me. there 
is they're they're one with the ocean they're one with nature and they're making nature in this movie a, a very important part of the story mm. it's going to be beautiful that went into pixar uh we saw the new short that's going to be on the blu-ray of inside out riley's first date which uh inside out was such a touching but hilarious movie Great movie yeah this uh short is so funny they showed the entire thing to us uh it's worth it for the blu-ray to pick it up just for that wow uh went into the good dinosaur where we got more of the plot of arlo the dinosaur who gets lost and meets up with uh spot or spot yeah the human who's taking the dog character in this movie and they are on a quest to find their way home and uh we did get one clip of this movie that showed a very touching emotional part that i'm not going to ruin for anyone uh we talked more about it on the last show but whatever problems they had getting this movie out there having to do the change of directors directors changing the voice cast it seems like they got their act together because this was another one i i will fully admit i was crying during the clip of this it Mm. was so sad and so touching um it just it looks funny sad all at the same time pixar (laughs) that led into finding dory of course which everyone was ecstatic about especially because well ellen came out on stage was she there ellen was there wow. and then not only that but she this was star studded oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. Live a- the live action and the animation were live action way more than animation but uh she pulled up then ed o'neill of modern family and wow. everything else who's gonna voice an octopus character in it well not a septopus he lost one limb uh and then <laughs> ty burrell also of modern family fame who's playing a beluga whale that thinks they have a head injury because I there's love that part <laughs> that and then uh one of the things i was excited about caitlin olsen from it's always sunny in philadelphia who's not widely known but a very funny comedian and she's going to be playing a whale shark who thinks she's a whale and not a shark and <laughs> it all takes place in this uh kind of like an aquarium that's a rescue aquarium to rehabilitate animals and it's all about dory trying to find her family she finally gets that glimpse after another uh traumatic head injury she remembers (laughs) her family and wants to get back to them uh then we also found out about coco the new day of the dead movie that they've been working on for a while um directed by lee unkrich who toy story so whenever that comes out it's going to be brilliant and the panel then ended with Toy Story 4, um, which they didn't really get into any details. They did bring out uh, Rashida Jones to talk more about it, as well as the other writer, which I can't think of his name. So, if you, Will McCormick. Uh, from, no, okay, sorry, that's his character name. Yeah. Um, not from Glee. Will and Grace. Will and Grace. Oh, duh. Sorry, um, you know me. Derek McCormick, I can't think of. Yeah. Uh, the important part of that was they didn't really get into details beside the story, and uh, which, of course, is a love story between Bo Peep and Woody. They're trying to reconnect because in Toy Story 3, if you didn't remember, they weren't together. Uh, but it ended with Randy Newman coming out to sing You've Got a Friend in Me. Wow. And that was another moment that just goosebumps up and down the Randy Newman spine. Yeah, I mean, he's still got it. I don't know how that man is alive and kicking. I don't think he's that old, but he's just so dithered. <laughs> but, but no, it was the movies. They're everything about Disney, everything they're doing. They're back on track. They're it, it just it. it seems that way. <clears throat> it absolutely seems that way. Um, so for the four of you that were there um, with everything that you saw and heard and learned, 
I want you to tell me one thing you're most excited about. I'm going to start with you. I think I talked about this during every live show I did. I got to interact with Kermit the Frog. Um, Oh, that's right. I heard about this. I haven't seen it, though. Well, you weren't supposed to be filming during that presentation, but there... When I got up there, somebody recognized me and did start uh, filming illegally. So they did send me the video footage. But um, yeah, we were in the Muppets panel, and it was fantastic to be able to hear to be able to hear about what's coming up. I'm so very excited about it. But then we got to the part of the uh, the panel where the they actually pulled out the Muppets, and then the Muppets started answering questions from people in the crowd. Wow! And I I got very emotional. I mean. Uh, before I was a Disney fan, I was a Muppets fan starting three years old. I used to tell my mom I was going to grow up and marry Kermit the Frog. So, um, yeah, she she tells me um, I wouldn't – it was during lunchtime every day that it would air, and I would refuse to eat my food until the, the show was over because I was so captivated by it. So imagine my excitement when they asked for volunteers in the audience – and I got selected to be to go up on stage. I didn't know what I was volunteering for, um, but then when I got up there, they um, <laughs> Kermit walks over to me. Well, Kermit with the guy who does Kermit, but um, walk over to me and they you know start talking to me and then give me a Muppet to put on my hand, and I got to have puppet instructions from Kermit himself. Oh my lord! And it was so much fun and I had the greatest time with it and now I'm wondering if I was supposed to be a puppeteer <laughs> and I missed my calling but um <laughs> little too short it was, you need yeah, to be on a box I know <laughs> what did he say to me he told me I would if I was going to do it I would have to wear he called it Frankenstein shoes yeah but um it was so much fun and I was completely emotional just I, by the I couldn't actually speak when I was doing it he there was another guy up there with us and he was encouraging us to get our Muppets to talk and I just couldn't do it words would not come out of my mouth because Kermit was standing right there talking to me and um but I, I you know when it was done and I went to go sit in my seat I was just I was shaking I was trying not to cry I was trying to continue to have bladder control it just it was the most incredible experience um i i don't maybe of my life i don't know it was amazing i just kept thinking of three-year-old little jenny lynn and would she have ever thought that this would have happened no never never so So i just am uh, it was such a great experience and the good news is kermit's now available so i know uh, kermit if you're out there timing might be right <laughs> Corey. what about you what's your takeaway i actually um i was a part of the disney legends panel and if you want to listen to the most in-depth description of that panel go listen to the first show that was recorded on friday michael bowling goes into detail <laughs> yeah. details <laughs> about every single disney legend but we we knew going in all the legends that were um going to be awarded but we didn't know at the end with johnny depp yeah. and that was a, an incredible surprise but the event as a whole i think it, it was just great to walk around because everywhere you turn, there was a Disney celebrity star either signing autographs, taking photos, Ed Asner, the voice of uh, Carl from Up. And I went to a lot of the photo ops for the ABC stars from The Descendants. Did you go to the Goldbergs? Because I went to that too. I met those kids. That was I was probably time. at that one too. I, I, was, I wasn't waiting in line to oh, meet okay. them. I was just getting photos of yeah. them and because um, our TV stays on a Disney channel. So even, I mean, it stays on the Disney Channel for our kids. So seeing some of these, um, like people, you know, stars, you know, in person was kind of cool. Um, 
Look uh, how you air quote stars. <laughs> well, I mean, for look, there was a long line for to, like to meet them, and people were going crazy and pushing and like. Like for like, especially the Descendants and the yeah. um, Teen Beach movie. Teen people. Beach that mainly Teen Beach too. They came and did like a performance, mm. and that was that was pretty popular. I think just you know you kind of become desensitized to seeing the Disney legends and artists and authors and stars around the around the event. But it's it's cool at the same time. Cool, Rhino. Uh, okay, uh, real quick before I say that, there was a big panel on the day three that we didn't talk about, too. That was the video game one, but it, I talked about it on the show if anyone wants to know what went on there because people went crazy in that. I almost said a bad word. Um, I'm, I bring it back to the Dick Van Dyke thing. Like, there's an, I say that there's a thing when you meet a celebrity and you have this thing where you're like, I can't believe I just met... Like, Harrison Ford being in that room for us. But, like, for me, like, Dick Van Dyke is this, like, level of a person, a human being that will never exist again. And, and like, I, my mom has videotape of me in a diaper with a two by four in my hand and my, making my brother be merry. And I am singing Jolly Holiday before I even really know how to talk. And I'm reenacting the turtle scene. And so I just was like talking to my mom the whole time. And I'm like, what do I say to him? What do I say? So I just said, you know, I went up and it wasn't even just, he was very personal. Like he shook my hand and he, he, asked my name and I you know and I just said like I just want to say thank you for bringing um <laughs> can't do it, <laughs> can't say it. anyway so we shook, shook hands and I hold my hand sometimes because it's like I'm still shaking hands with him and I don't know so the other stuff was really amazing and then I just didn't expect to have such an experience like that on top of it so I have to tell you like those panels were phenomenal I thought they handled for such a large crowd like us having that three-day ticket i thought they handled everything so well being in a room with these celebrities like it just makes you feel so close to like you know having gone to school for all that stuff you're like your hands kind of in it a little bit it was just a a phenomenal you know phenomenal can i say that uh with this show i've gotten to see another side of you thanks well i like it crying when we're done i like it (laughs) i like it that's awesome that's awesome all right craig Uh, i mean uh, there's not a ton to say about it because, well, you know, we did. What's your favorite? Your, your, what's what's your takeaway? What's your what's the Honestly, one thing? It, it's kind of what Rhino alluded to on the way be, on the start of the show. We saw so many cool celebrities. I mean, I got even to meet Leonard Malton, who the average person probably has no idea who he is, but he is one of the chief people now running the Walt Disney uh, Treasures from the Disney Vault on TCM which is bringing all these classic Disney movies back into people's lives that they haven't been seen and now they're coming back in HD format I saw your photo with him it's like just so you have these experiences like this and it's just a blur because it's all happening so quickly there's no time to decompress yeah and you know D23 it has its good sides about it. It has its bad sides. I mean, we've kind of covered all the good. I know it's had some rough issues getting to where it has, but it legitimately is the biggest fan club for Disney fans. I mean, they, they talked about that throughout the weekend. And to just be a part of any of it, once you get back home from it and think about, like, I just saw all that stuff, it, it's so overwhelming. I mean, there were so many great things to happen. I can't say one thing, but just... Knowing that I was there and everything I saw and did with it, I just, uh, I'm the luckiest person. Yeah. I'm the uh, luckiest person. 
you know, you talk about D23, and I, I, you know, I'll admit my my feelings about it have evolved uh, since the very beginning. Uh, I'm still not over the moon with D23, just from a regular membership standpoint. But this event, this every two years they do this, and I mean, it's first class. There's just mm-hmm. no way around it. Yeah, it's yeah. just a first class event and uh, over 70,000 people from what I understand showed up for this. I know Saturday was sold out they said too so I just Um, and then you know seeing what you guys did and and what you've talked about and what I've heard and seen um, it is just an amazing time to be a Disney fan. I agree. It is an amazing amazing time to be a Disney fan. There is so much to look forward to whether it's in video games or in live action animation, Mm -hmm. theme parks there is so much to look forward to, so much coming out over the next few years, so much more that we'll have to talk about, so much more that we'll have to comment on and experience. And uh, it just makes me appreciate what an awesome job I have and what an awesome team I get to work with. And that is going to do it for this episode of our show. We hope you enjoyed it. and We'll be back with you again next week with another edition of The Dis Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. Go to Disneyland. <laughs>